One of the most challenging aspects of breaking the cycle of yo-yo sobriety is learning to believe in yourself again. Rebuilding confidence isn't an overnight process, but you can rebuild a stronger, more resilient version of yourself. We all know that relentless cycle of stopping and starting again can be incredibly disheartening. It's a roller coaster of hope, guilt, desperation, and you can feel trapped and defeated. But remember, you're not alone in this. You may know today's guest from the Euphoric AF podcast. Carolina is a powerful alcohol-free coach and advocate, and we're diving into the pain of coexisting with alcohol when you know your relationship is toxic. We'll talk about the isolation, sadness, shattered self-esteem, and how to recognize your own resilience so that you can come out stronger on the other side. Remember, this is a journey and healing is a process. It takes time. It's okay to stumble along the way. What matters is your commitment to getting back up and moving forward. Carolina's story will remind you that setbacks are not failures. They're stepping stones toward the future that you want. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Okay, here we go. Carolina, thank you so much for being here and doing this episode with me. I'm super excited to get to spend some time with you and get to know you better. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm very excited too. Yeah. So why don't we start, just take a couple of minutes and tell everybody a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah. So I'm an alcohol-free empowerment coach, and I help women at maybe earlier stages reevaluate the relationship that they have with alcohol and really ask themselves, is it aligned with their values? Is it aligned with their dream life and goals? And is it actually making them happy? And from that kind of intuitive, introspective perspective, allowing themselves to kind of let go of something that doesn't serve them any longer so that they can step into the version of themselves that they really want to be. The first thing I want to know is... With coaching, like what led you to that occupation? What pulled you? Yeah, well, obviously, my transformation with alcohol, you know, I was obviously one of those people, probably like all listeners here, who thought I loved drinking at one point, right? And when some of those negative consequences or just those negative feelings kept arising in my life because of alcohol, it was something that feel, felt so hard to let go of because of what it meant, that unfamiliarity and just what kind of life I would live afterwards. So I kept clinging to that kind of old identity, old patterns, old habits out of that fear of change. And when I finally, you know, I came to um, coming alcohol free by first taking a break. And I think that break really helped me kind of like dip my toe into the waters instead of making this big proclamation. And I actually had a really wonderful experience. You know, I, I noticed myself just sleeping better, feeling so much more self-love and gratitude in the mornings. And I, I drink again shortly after that break. And the the experience was just something that really had such a contrast. Like I was like, there's there's no enjoyment here. There's n- There's none of that fun I thought that I was attaching to alcohol for so long. And so it really helped me clear my mind. And I decided to take another break at that point, which really 
you know, fast forward six years later is where I am today, alcohol free and really work on my mindset in the sense of like the beliefs that I'd come to think about alcohol of how it added some kind of pleasure or benefit or uh, comfort in my life and really deconstruct those. And I found that when I did that, I completely lost my desire for drinking. I became so ecstatic about an alcohol-free lifestyle. And it was one of the easier switches that I had ever made after years of just feeling so much cognitive dissonance. And so when I found myself just so ecstatic with this new realization and this happy alcohol-free lifestyle, I knew I needed to help other people make that same mindset shift. Because when we detach our sense of whether it's relaxation or fun or belonging or even sophistication, I mean, there's so many subconscious things we attach onto alcohol. When we can clear all of that in the subconscious, really the desire goes away. It becomes a lot more meaningless, I would say. Um, And so that kind of realization was just like, I need to share this, right? And so I think that you know, when we have a transformation ourselves, that's a really great opportunity to recognize that we have something to share, we have something to teach, we have something of value to offer the world. And I think we go through our challenges in the first place in order to grow, in order to become someone who can then come back and help someone who's going through that same challenge. So it also gives so much meaning to that. So I love coaching, whether it's one-on-one or group formats or, you know, masterminds and programs, because I really believe in personal development and continuing to become better versions of ourselves than we were yesterday. Um, and it's just so much, it just doesn't get old for me, if, if that makes sense. Absolutely. What is for you, what is probably the most profound change you have seen in yourself through this journey? Yeah. So I would say that I had a very insecure personality before. I was very judgmental in the sense of like, if other people were living their dreams or or doing something that I wanted to do, I would be skeptical about it and kind of, you know, snippety about it. I was a petty person. I was mean. And I definitely did not believe in myself. I definitely did not believe you know, the, the normal things in life I could achieve, you know, I could have a job, I could get an academic degree, I could get married, all those things. But when it came out of out of the things that like, I really wanted that seemed a little bit more out of reach, like, you know, uh, having my own business and traveling the world and writing books and stuff that was like, that was put on the someday burner back burner of my life of unachievable things that I would be able to ever have. And I think my relationship with alcohol obviously crumbled my self worth in order to to really feel like I was so stuck that that stuff wasn't achievable for me. If you tell yourself you're only going to have one or two drinks that night and you completely blow your promise out of the water, why would you ever trust yourself about the other things that you want to do? And so when it was the that first year that I changed my relationship with alcohol, you know, something that was like my Achilles heel for so long that when I was like smashing it and just feeling so amazing and so happy to not be drinking, I was like, wait a minute. I always thought this would be hard and impossible. And yet look at me, I'm totally doing it what other lies have I been telling myself? You know, like, for example, I always wanted to be, um, I, I knew I didn't like working a nine to five job. Like I didn't like having a boss. I didn't like commuting, all those things. But I didn't think I could actually be an entrepreneur because to me, an entrepreneur meant that you were this tech savvy white guy from Silicon Valley, just genius, rubbed elbows with capital, you know, venture capitalists and stuff. And I was just like, I'm foreign, I'm introverted, I'm shy. Like I did not see myself like that. So it just was like a big X of of possibilities for me. And same thing with writing a book. I always wanted to write a book. And I would actually write a lot when I was an adolescent before I started drinking. And then as soon as I started drinking in college, 
my writing completely dried up. Like I just stopped writing. I stopped even journaling, which was really sad, I think. And I would, I would never give up on that dream of wanting to write a book. So I remember having these New Year's resolutions of like, this is the year I'm going to start writing an hour a week or, or, you know, put these novel ideas down. And every year I would do it like the first week in January and then completely give up, you know? And so that first year I was, when I was ditched alcohol, like all of a sudden these dreams I had, I was like, why not? Why couldn't I do them? And I think that the creativity, the intuition, the discipline, all those things, these gifts I got from going alcohol free now lended themselves to start being so much more consistent in going after my bigger dreams and going after things like launching the business and writing the book. So that consistency plus that belief in myself was so incredible to get there. And now, you know, I really share that with other alcohol-free women is particularly who I work with, that literally anything is possible, you know, and that like you have gone through this journey for a reason and that reason is unfolding for you and to continue using your desires and your gifts and the way you want to make an impact in the world to, you know, move forward and uh, continue just believing that, you know, maybe all these things are happening for a bigger reason for you. And I think that belief in both myself, but also that sense of being guided really, really helped push me forward. Yeah, for sure. What was it for you? Like, what was your, as we would say, rock bottom moment? You know, I mean, people think that rock bottom is an event, but really it's just the moment you hit in your head where you're like, oh my God, I have to get my shit together. Like, I can't continue living like this. What was that moment like for you? Yeah. So I, um, I, you know, started drinking probably in high school, like late high school. And then I, uh, started pick that up at obviously in college. And I, I became like that party girl and, and really outsourced finding a sense of popularity or social connection all out to alcohol. Um, and I would say that I was drinking the most and just having no healthy boundaries around drinking whatsoever, probably around that time, that early twenties time. And as I got older, because I already had this very like, you know, a heavy drinking pattern established when I was younger, I really was starting to gravitate towards health and wellness. And so as I got older, I was trying to just change and drink less. And so I have this period of time, at least seven years of my life where all, all I cared about was just drink less, drink less, drink less. And it preoccupied so much freaking time, so much mental gymnastics, so many rules. I even had a spreadsheet, like a spreadsheet of how many drinks I had. So if we were actually looking at like categorically how much I was drinking, I was drinking less, right? Like every year I was actually drinking mm -hmm. less than the year before. But I think that madness was the rock bottom, the madness of like not living up to my integrity, you know, going to a party and sometimes having all the tools and all the like, okay, we're going to drink less, we're not going to have this happen, blah, blah, blah. And having the disappointing outcome where, you know, I did drink more than I want to, or any time that I like let myself down, any time that I had one more than I thought I would or anything like that. And I was just like, this is not peace. This is not like the place that I can fulfill my biggest potential. I'm going in circles over and over again, trying to micromanage a beverage, like of all things in the world that are important, a beverage, right? And I think I was just so sick of how much mind space it took up, right? And so that that was probably the rock bottom moment of how, how sick I was of that. And it was dry January that I heard of that was like, oh, hey, you can just take a break from alcohol. So that kind of helped ease me in into instead of like, you know, getting married basically on the first date, I was able to just go on a first date and experience it first. And I think that level of um, of casualness like really helped me just experience it like very like, 
like being able to see the benefits really quickly because I wasn't like, uh, I wasn't immediately deprived by the idea of never having, being able to do it again, if that makes sense. And so uh, that like mind, mental gymnastics and just literally I have this joke that I could have written three books in that period of like the craziness of like, how much should I drink tonight? Should I drink? Should I not? Oh yeah. The presentation tomorrow morning. Oh, but what did the, like, it was just this crazy chatter brain. And I think that like when women, even when they don't have necessarily severe drinking problems, but just that regular, you know, routine, it's holding us back in so many ways because we all are geniuses. We all have so much mental capacity to do so much in this world. And again, we're so overly focused on a beverage of all things. And I think that like that absurdity or almost that silliness of it, like really goes to show about like, well, what would I think about or what would I want to spend my brain power on and kind of open the door to so many other possibilities. It's crazy when you realize, and this is one of my favorite things about sobriety is gaining that understanding of what you're really capable of. And you touched on this before too, like being committed to something, dedicated to something. And then what are the other stories you're telling yourself? This is so huge because we are capable of so many things, but you're exactly right. When you get in that mind space where you have just disappointed yourself, disgusted yourself, right, with decisions and actions and behaviors and whatever, it's hard to believe that you're capable of anything worthwhile. I know my listeners, and certainly people, my clients, you know, people that work with me privately, they go through those same things. Like even what you said about questioning everything and hanging on to the alcoholic, what is my life going to look like? How will I ever have fun again? How am I going to socialize? Especially also as an introvert and a person with social anxiety, which I never knew I was an introvert until I quit drinking. And I realized I was never an extrovert. I was just drunk, right? And that's a whole different thing. <laughs> like, and, and then the being out of alignment in that way. And I know my listeners can relate to so much of this too, because we have these conversations so frequently. But yeah, to, to have it all come together and realize that the possibilities really are endless. And like, that's why my podcast is called Addiction Unlimited, because it is that we are unlimited when we move away from that, right? When you get into a sober life, a recovery lifestyle, you are unlimited. There is literally nothing you can't do. And that's such a beautiful realization to have and and to get that belief in yourself. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think the journey itself actually grants you and builds you up and like expands you with so many gifts that we then get to take those gifts and apply them to those other pursuits or those other passions as they come unfolding. I mean, it takes so much courage to quit drinking, you know, and that courage is the same courage you're going to need to potentially quit your job and launch a business, right? Like right. there's so many of those things that I see the the commonalities, the self-love that grows, the heightened intuition that you get from it, the creative juices that spark, you know, because your mind is not focused on that beverage anymore. The uh, confidence you get also from keeping those promises to yourself and staying within your integrity and stuff. It's just, I, I think of it as this like sack of gifts, like that Santa Claus comes and brings. And now we get to take those gifts and not only use them for that journey and that part of our lives, but the next endeavor, this beautiful next unfolding. And I really do believe that 
you know, we go through this for a bigger reason that within itself, sobriety is actually not the point. It's like the journey that that's granting you to who you're supposed to become, right? And that person is someone who makes an impact and shares their those gifts, right? Shares that sack of gifts with other people and lives the kind of life that they want to live based on their values. I love how you shared, you know, that you're, you're also not an office person, you know, and and some people obviously are, and it's all because we have just different values. Some people love mm-hmm. cooperation, for example, and would die to like work alone, you know, and the other people love freedom. And so they would hate to be in an office and, and being able to really align your life like that with your deepest values and your deepest desires, I think is just where full, true fulfillment and purpose lies. I think some of those things about yourself are hard to admit sometimes also, right? Like when I was a younger person, I felt a sense of inadequacy because I wasn't an office person, right? Like when I was approaching these ages where you're sort of supposed to grow up and get the real job and do all of that, and there just was no way. I had zero interest. I had no idea even what I would do, right? I wasn't even thinking in those terms, but I definitely felt this inadequacy. Like what is wrong with me that I'm not a regular person because that's what regular people do, you know? And coming from the Midwest where it literally is like the greatest people in the world, the most kind, amazing, family values people And to be so opposite of that is a really uncomfortable place to live, right? Again, in that I never fit. I never fit anywhere. And and that's just my thing, right? Like everybody else has their own things. But to feel that sense of like, I don't want anybody to know that I feel like I'm not capable of doing it, right? That I'm not the kind of person that could have that kind of job. Because what would I do? There were so many insecurities in that. And when you can get to the place of just accepting who you are, that's a huge moment. That's a huge moment where it's like, okay, this is just how I'm wired, right? There's nothing wrong with me. (laughs) Like I'm not defective. I'm just different and that's okay. And I say, listen, I love, I would love to have the stability of, you know, a job and a paycheck and benefits and all those things because an entrepreneurial journey can really be a hard one, certainly in the beginning when you're first starting a business. I had two startups at the same time, which is sheer insanity. But my deal was, I just thought, because I had my dog then, I just lost him in October, but mm. I just thought, as long as my dog can eat, I'm good. Like my mom will feed me. <laughs> As long as he can eat, we're fine. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I love how you talk about that and just the way that we can find so much uniqueness and so much of uh, what really brings us together with all other people is actually the most unique, most kind of uh, different things about us. And that's why we are, I think, all meant to share our gifts is that no one has the same gifts, right? Because we mm-hmm. all have such a unique part. And something that I say might not hit someone or relate to someone or be really relevant. But if you said it, it's like, finally, it's like that person finally said it the way I needed to hear it. And so I think that's why just, it's another call to like expression and sharing your gifts and helping other people too, is because your voice and your vision and your message matters, you know, because we're so unique. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. What would you say has been your greatest challenge in your alcohol-free life, and how did you get through it without drinking? 
Sure. Um, so if you're asking about how, like what my greatest challenge was like being alcohol free, I actually would have to go back to like the years of uh, those mental gymnastics, you know, like nothing was as bad as that. And I actually, I mean, to- like your, I mean, like your great, like your hardest time, like what is yeah. the hardest thing you've been through, you know, like a breakup or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So for me, probably uh, entrepreneurship as well. You know, I think that like, not only do you have such a huge personal growth journey when you uh, decide to quit drinking, but it like gets doubled, if not tripled as becoming an entrepreneur, because it's like, it takes all of your fears, all of your insecurities, all of your doubts and magnifies them. And it's also now your job to work through those things. So it's like this beautiful personal development journey. And there's these sayings in business that like the company doesn't grow past the owner. Like the owner has to keep growing in their personal development for the company to grow. So it's also been the most amazing journey of my life. So I wouldn't want to say it's like all negative, but it's just always like a roller coaster in that sense of really growing, you know, and having the capacity to deal with more problems because you're shouldering so much more responsibility. And I think it's been phenomenal. Like I'm obsessed with it. I think there's like personal development and entrepreneurship are some of the two things I could talk about for forever, you know, but there's been those moments where you want to tear your hair out and you want to cry and it's just so overwhelming as well. So, you know, when it comes to like not looking back at alcohol, I think I've just found such an awesome beauty and this idea that I get to have this life because I made that decision, you know, five, six years ago. And because of that, I now get to live this like unparalleled life. Like, you know, when I was back in that cubicle, this is what I dreamed about. I dreamed about traveling the world. My husband and I just got back from Europe, spending a month there. We were just in Bali hosting a retreat. These are the kinds of things I wanted so badly. I dreamed to have a book with my name on it. I dreamed to help other people. I dreamed to have that more freedom in my life. And because I've so uh, adamantly attached that with this alcohol-free identity, like the only way I'm able to have all the things I want the most in my life, all the love, abundance, connection, all that stuff is because I decided to go alcohol-free. It usually isn't the way I, uh, if I having a tough day or a hard time, I don't usually like go back into thinking about wanting alcohol. It's more of other kind of numbing ways or something like that because it's just been such a clear, like that was the old identity for me and all the beautiful things that I want now. And I find, you know, when I'm when I'm going through something really hard, like I'll have the emotional response, you know, and I'll let myself feel it and cry, whatever it is, you know, that day. But then I found that this resilient mindset and this ability to find solutions and find, you know, a way through things like really catches up very quickly. Like the next day I'm like back on it. I'm ready to go. Like, let's find solutions for this. So that's also something so beautiful that I think I've learned from being alcohol free, because when you're not numbing your emotions anymore, you learn to feel them. You learn to learn from them what they're trying to tell you. And then you learn to solve that situation and move forward. And so that kind of resiliency um, is, you know, something that I love to see also building in my clients as, as, you know, no longer numbing those emotions, but actually allowing them to teach us and then to find that spirit of like, okay, well, let's, let's move forward. Let's find a solution. Let's, let's find some positive aspect to this. What is the gift in this, for example? So, uh, yeah, that's, I think the, the answer to that question. (laughs) (laughs) What is your go-to move? Like if you are overwhelmed, sad, discouraged, confused, (laughs) whatever the thing is that we are in a day's time, what is your go-to kind of coping skill? How do you get recentered? 
Yeah. So I will definitely allow myself to express it. So I'll maybe take a bath, maybe listen to some sappy music. I will cry if I need to. I will definitely journal it out as well. And so those things allow me to completely process it. Whereas I think before I was always just numbing and pushing it down, you know, and so this ability to fully process it also means I don't live there very long. So I allow myself to get fully sad, fully angry, fully frustrated, allow myself to feel the very depths of that emotion. And then it's over and it passes. It's so beautiful like that. Um, So those are some of my favorite coping mechanisms with just like overwhelm. I have like, you know, the littlest tricks that I do. I love to put my hair up, for example, like a really messy top nut. And that to me is just like, oh, you don't have to worry about your hair and your face anymore. And it kind of is this like signal to my body that like you don't have to worry about anything else either, you know, so little things like that. Um, And obviously I work with a coach myself and I really believe in personal development. So I continue to use the resources and the tools that, you know, we're teaching and we're sharing on myself personally. The best coaches will always have their own coaches you know, because oh, yeah. you really do have to always be doing your own work if you want to continue to grow and evolve. In recovery, for sure. In life, 100%. In entrepreneurship, 100%. You know, like, yeah, you have to always be doing your own work or you're going to stall. I believe that so wholeheartedly too. And I believe in the value of like, You just can't, like the famous saying about coaching is a jar can't read its own label. Like we just cannot sometimes see things from different perspectives. And it really helps to have that outsider who has the tools and the frameworks to help us through it. And then can also help us see a future that we can't imagine potentially. I remember my first coach when I worked with her, I was just starting my business. And, you know, I was still in my day job, like in, in, in every way, everything I dreamed about was completely delusional. You know, like there was just no real sense of possibility. Like, who am I to think that any of this is going to happen? And that's probably what most people would have responded to around me as well, because that's just the lives that most people lived. But, you know, my coach was fiercely, fiercely adamant that everything I was dreaming and talking about with her is my destiny. And she encouraged to instill that level of fire within me. And I still look back so fondly of like what she instilled. And now I'm like, we achieved that, we achieved that, we achieved all those things that were once like the far out dreams, you know? And I, I, again, believe so much in that power of a coach as well. Yeah. And breaking it down into small pieces, right? That's what gets so many people hung up and can stall your journey also is when you're thinking about sort of the end result, but then you get hung up on the how, right? Well, how will I do that? How will I make that happen? How would somebody like me ever do something like that? How could I write a book? How could I get that job? How would I start that business? How could I get the money? You know, like how, 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 how. The how will always stop you. (laughs) You It's like part of it is that faith that like I have to continue taking the steps and the steps will continue to present themselves. Oh, yes. I have to only think about the next step. You know, like when I decided to go to college, I was 37. I woke up one morning and 
kind of in a meltdown. I don't even know where it came from, but I was like, oh my God, I I can't be a bartender when I'm 50. I have no retirement. Like, what am I going to do? You know, just kind of start freaking out. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? Because all I had ever done my whole adult life was be a bartender. So I'm like, I don't have any skills. I'm feral, not domesticated, right? I can't go get a job. I'm, I'm not employable. I don't have any education. And I thought, well, they say you make more money if you go to school. Maybe I'll go to school. And I literally, all I could do was one tiny piece at a time. So the first thing was, how would I go to school? I don't know how you go to school. I don't know what that process is. So I had to Google it, right? And then there was this community college that is a beautiful state-of-the-art school. They have everything. It's pretty incredible. So it's like, okay, well, let me look and see what I would have to do there. And I could do the application online. So it's like, okay, let me just go ahead and do it. Now, there really was no risk there because I'm a resident, so they're not going to tell me no. <laughs> but like the next day when I got my acceptance email, I was elated, you know? So it literally was just these tiny bite-sized pieces that I had to go through. And I feel like that's so much what life is, not getting caught up on what step 100 might be or step 200 might be, but what is just the very next thing in front of you that you have to do and just do that. It will all unfold in front of you. I totally believe that a hundred percent in those baby steps and that your job is just to figure out what step A is, like you said, and the rest will unfold in front of you. And you know, like same process with writing my book. It's something that I had a dream for so long and a lot of insecurities around because I wasn't writing a book for so long that, you know, I didn't think I could do it. And it was the littlest things. It was like write for 15 minutes in the morning. Right. And then once I had a, like a, a few, you know, thousands of words, I was like, wait, maybe there's something here. Okay. What's the next step? Maybe look into how to get published. Okay. You need to write a book proposal. Okay. Let's buy a course on that. You know? So it was like, if you laid out all the steps in front of me at one point, I would have been way too overwhelmed and, you know, would have given up before I started. But so I think that's the beauty of how the universe works to give us exactly, you know, that inspired action for what we're supposed to do in that moment. And the rest will reveal itself. Yeah. Amen to that. I love it. So what do you have coming up that you're really looking forward to? Oh, yeah. So we're in our first year of our Empowered AF Coach Certification Program, which is an certifying new coaches, not only to be alcohol-free life coaches, but also mindset coaches, success coaches, and NLP practitioners. We have the most amazing group, and we're actually meeting in person in Palm Springs for our retreat right after certification before we move into our business mastermind so that they can learn how to grow their coaching businesses. And I've been working with this women now for a few months, and I cannot wait to not only meet them in person, but just to pamper them and splurge on them and have the most beautiful identity shifting experience in Palm Springs, stepping into their new identities as not only women who are meant to help other people and change the world, but also get financial freedom and all the things that they want from it. So I'm really looking forward to that in Palm Springs coming up pretty soon. And, you know, I'm, I love those kind of in-person things. I host retreats for that reason too. I just did one in Bali and I have one in Costa Rica coming up because, you know, obviously the online world is great, but there's just something about really hugging people and having that deep connection and inspiring people to go after their bigger dreams in person. Obviously, we have some major parallels. I am hosting my first sober vacation this year. We're going to Costa Rica in October. <laughs> and then I'm doing Bali second. 
Wow. <laughs> so, You're going to love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love Costa Rica. I've been there many times. I love that place. And Bali will be a first for me. So I'm looking forward to that. And that's not a definite yet. I can't believe I just said that like in a podcast because I have not talked about that yet. <laughs> But that will probably be coming up, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry you had to find out like this. But I so agree with you about meeting in person too, especially people. You know, we're going to Costa Rica in October, and it really has ended up being a group of people mostly that have worked with me for a really long time. And because of COVID, we have been stuck online, you know, virtual. Like some of us have met in person here and there, but to be able to go and have this trip, because obviously vacation is a huge trigger for a lot of people with drinking. So to have this trip where we can just go and connect and actually get to meet in real life, spend that time together and not even have to think about alcohol or, you know, what excuse am I going to make? Why I'm not drinking? Like all of those things, like just to go relax. I'm so looking forward to it. Oh, that's amazing. I think there's so much of that in-person uh, live immersion too that can also change your identity. You know, when you get on a plane yeah. and go somewhere new and different and meet people that you don't know or that, you know, are unfamiliar to you and you you do some personal development work too while you're there. I mean, you you literally do come back a different person, you know. And and to me, I do yeah, credit yeah. those kind of experiences for changing my sense of identity, you know. And that's why I just love hosting them as well. You're gonna have some amazing testimonials afterwards. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like I can't wait. I can't wait just to see everybody in real life. I'm so freaking excited and to meet some new faces. You know, I was kind of shocked at like some people that haven't worked with me, right? That I really don't know that booked a, to go with us on this trip, and that's super exciting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I agree. It does change your identity. I went on a sober cruise when I was just ten months sober, and. And I had booked it even way earlier than that. I was probably only three or four months sober when I booked the cruise. And it was life-changing. I ended up going by myself. My best friend was supposed to go with me, and he had to cancel at the last minute. And it was life-changing. I mean, it was such a different experience. And like you touched on a little while ago, courage. That's what I think about in people that are booking these trips to go meet us in other countries and spend this time with us and really taking a leap of faith. Like there's so much bravery in those actions and it does every step of that process will change who you are. Exactly. I mean, because like getting outside of your comfort zone like that, you know, it's like that's where all fulfillment lies. And I think we have to do things that scare us. And I, I, I usually, yes. you know, there's so many things that like I've, I've written a book that I've always wanted to write and I got my business up to like where I've always wanted to get it. But there's always like this, this nagging at me, like what's next, Carolina, because if we're not growing, right, we're dying. And so it's always what's that next frontier, you know, and not of it at that consumptive energy, like more, more, more. It's more of the sense of that spiritual, emotional growth that we're looking for to keep changing the identity and shedding the, the past version of us that just doesn't serve us any longer so that we are able to be as emboldened and purposeful and fulfilled as possible. And as much as we are meant to be, because I agree with you again, like we all have these incredible gifts and fear will keep you from speaking up or putting yourself out there, being more vocal with your truth, whatever that is in whatever capacity. So many things will hold you back from doing it. But 
it's amazing how you can share the the smallest pieces of yourself can have such a major impact on other people. And yeah, it we're all meant to share those pieces of ourselves and connect and and make that community bigger and offer more love and have greater reach to get people more support. And yeah, it's huge. I love it. You know, you remind me of this idea of permission too, that sometimes when we are going after our dreams, obviously there's a direct impact on other people in some cases, right? Like if you're coaching or if you're working in a center or something like that, but even those dreams that seem a little bit more, you know, individual or maybe selfish, they give permission to other people. So for example, one woman on one of my retreats decided to quit her job and travel around Southeast Asia for six months. And the amount of inspiration, the amount of like, oh my gosh, you did that. Maybe I could do that too, that it gave to other people. She's making such a big impact by living into her dreams like that. And so I really do believe that when we allow our desires and our gifts to come forward, we're helping the world. We're changing the world by allowing other people to say that my dreams matter, you know, and usually we do this ripple effect of change that growth Mm -hmm. matters. So it's really amazing to see. And I think that the alcohol-free movement honestly has so much that it's offering in that way that so many people are changing and creating these ripple effects for other people. I really see a future where drinking goes the way of cigarettes. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with you. This is one of the most beautiful things about this world right now to me is people are getting so much more into being healthful and mindful instead of being so out of control. You know, if you look at the last few decades, it's been really out of control. Overconsumption, you know, reality TV where everybody's wasted all the time and even to the talk shows, right? The Jerry Springers and all these things like it's just been this crazy out of control lifestyle that has really kind of been praised. And In recent years, there's this major shift where it's much more cool to be financially responsible, live within your means, make smart choices, you know, take care of your body and your brain and, you know, feed yourself properly. And I think drinking is a huge part of that where people are just naturally starting to move away from it more. And I know as somebody who's been sober a really long time, it's been amazing to see people stopping so much earlier in the process, right? Like you don't have to ride the train all the way to the bottom. You know, <laughs> you can get off whenever you want. And and a lot of times that's easier said than done, right? And I feel like there is some blessing. Like for me, my rock bottom moment was pretty tragic and crazy. And there's a blessing in that too, because otherwise I wasn't taking it seriously. You know, the truth is I thought I would die. I didn't think I needed to make plans or figure out my life because I just had the expectation that I was going to die. And that's really bleak, you know? So it's really beautiful to sit and watch people like stepping off the train before it gets to the bottom and not even having a desire to ride it all the way to the bottom. You know, it's really fantastic. It really is. And I think that the more that we celebrate like inclusive choices and mocktails and spaces where drinking isn't as normalized, or at least there's the option to, you know, be alcohol free. I think that, you know, we're giving people that kind of just idea of like, well, why would one drink, you know, and I think earlier generations are going to really start questioning that in a different way than probably our generations did in in the past. 
because it's it's just not as aligned to who they want to be and what they want to create out of their lives. And thank God, because for so long, the alcohol industry has been getting away with marrying this idea of coolness and rebelliousness and sophistication and glamour and all things good about adulthood into alcohol. And I think we're like cracking that in that that glass away, you know, and it's just like shattering. And we're like, actually, this is this cancer producing toxin. Why have we all been duped into drinking it? And so it's really, really incredible to see all this activism, I think, come out in, in both the alcohol-free movement and the wellness world and just really living a life that's aligned with you and your values and what you want without having to conform to what other people expect from you. you know. And I think those people getting off the train earlier, as I would consider myself doing too, it's like allowing yourself permission to do what's right for you instead of what other people would think, right? So like, you know, to decide to not drink just because everybody else is because you don't like how you feel the next day is very intuitive, right? And it's not something that's often been given as an option before. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk to young people and it just makes me so sad sometimes when they feel so pressured to drink in their social circles or in college and stuff. And I really think that courage and that bravery are those two key things to say, you know, like we don't have to live our lives the way that other people are living them if it's not aligned with what our soul wants, you know? And I think we're just getting closer and closer to having that permission to allow that to express whatever way it does, whether it's through alcohol free or launching your own business or living an other alternate lifestyle in some shape or form. Yeah, I agree. I love that. Carolina, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with me. What a pleasure to get to know you a little bit better. Of course. It was so delightful too. I enjoyed it. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast, candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.